and that were complaining, and, and that there were people that were, uh, you know, wanting something from him. And so I don't, I don't know where uh, you, or maybe, maybe you've talked to those people, and they say, well, churches isn't my thing. Maybe they in one of those categories as well. And so we just go back to this idea, well, then how do you love going to church? You know, maybe you're one of those categories. How does one love going to church? And so um, we would do well to love coming to church. And last week we talked about the church as a body. Do you remember that? And we said we've got all these different systems in our body, and all these things have to pull together to work, and that's the church body. And, and so we do well. Uh, Paul writes this in the book of Philippians. You can put it up here on the screen. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. And so um, he says this. In your relationships with one another, in church, family, that's us. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And remember the little bracelets. They were very popular for a long, long time. Every occasion when you still see them, WWJD, right? Everybody knows what that stands for, right? Who wants Jack Daniels? Did, did, did anybody ever hear that one? That's one that people said, oh yeah, who wants Jack Daniels? No, no, no. What would Jesus do, right? What would Jesus do? And uh, people were asking that question for a long time. And I hear you saying the same thing. Uh, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What would Jesus do? And then he, he tells us what Jesus would do. In verse 6 he says this. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearances of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And Jesus' mindset was, I'm going to serve people, and I'm going to love people. Who is Jesus? What did he do? I'm going to serve people. I'm going to love people. Take on the mindset of I'm going to serve people and I'm going to love people. Uh, I've talked before about the New Living Translation and, and there's a title in there for 1 Corinthians 13 and, and then the New International Version. They have a different title uh, that's there at 1 Corinthians uh, 13. And, uh, and here it says, and now I will show you the most excellent way. Well, what is the most excellent way as the, uh, the people that crafted that New International Version? And 1 Corinthians 13 Verses 4 through 7. Love is patient. Jesus came to this earth to serve people and to love people. How do, how do you love coming to church? Have the same mindset as Jesus. Serve people, love people, and what, what's love? People look like love is patient. You know this. First Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy or does not boast. It is not proud. It is not, it does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. It rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. Love never fails. Some people just want to be argumentative. I'm not going to go to church because they want to argue with you, you know? Uh, some people, like the rich young ruler, they found out, oh, well, if I go and I meet Jesus, he's going to ask me to change things, and I'm not sure I want to change things. And so and maybe they're kind of out there. Maybe some people are thinking, well, what if I do go to church? What can I get from Where, Wherever people are on that plane or that continuum, we're going to talk about how to love coming to church. We need to know that so that we can share that with other people. 
when we have conversations with them about countryside Christian church. I love coming to church. Write this one down in your bulletin. Number one, be on the screen. Number one, have an attitude of gratitude. That's how you love coming to church. You have an attitude. You say, church, I want to have an attitude of gratitude for my church. What happens sometimes is uh, we go to church and, and we don't have an attitude of gratitude. Uh, because uh, we kind of think that uh, maybe, here's some questions. We'll put those on the screen. Whoever asks these questions uh, of the church or think these kind of things, I wish the church had more fill the blank. If only the church had more, you know, Bible teaching, you know, a better looking preacher, you know, um, and, you know, like maybe you've said it in the past, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, uh, but uh, what, what if I wish the church had more, I wish they had, you know, more hymns, you know, more contemporary music, more uh, drum solos, more guitar solos, more, you know, it needs a tuba, you know, something. I wish it had more something than I would like church more. I wish it had more, I wish it had less. I wish I had less, you know, uh, less singing, or, or less of this, or less of that, or you, you, you just kind of, you come with that idea of, you know, the church is here, and, and, or maybe you said this to yourself. Uh, I, I don't understand why we, I don't understand, why do we have to do that? You go to church, why do we have to do that? You ever have that conversation that's played through your brain and your mind? Why do we have to do it that way? Um, and uh, think about this. Here's the cure. Here's the cure. Have an attitude of gratitude. Don't come here and say, what can I get out of this church? But come to this church and say, who can I thank? Who can I appreciate when I get here? Do you realize the praise team gets together before Sunday morning? On another day of the week, they drive here and they, they practice and they go through the songs and, and they fellowship with each other and they sing through those and, and they work on uh, the, the parts and the harmony and they kind of talk about those kinds of things. And so uh, we do well to go to them and say, thank you, thank you. Uh, while I was kind of at home, maybe watching something on TV and the air conditioning, you went out and got your hot car and you came to church. I appreciate the fact that you come and do that. Uh, Ryan has agreed, you know, I'll do a communion meditation and how it worked out this morning. Tell him God's sake, it's not here. And so he gets to put that one in his pocket and he'll share that one at a later time. But, um, uh, you know, people have kind of said, yeah, I'll do that. The elders do that, you know, week after week. They come forward, they think about it when they're not here, and then they're ready to be here. And, uh, Laura's picking out songs, and, and there's people here. Uh, uh, Jerry kind of, he, he tries to get here earlier than me. Uh, sometimes that's working out. Sometimes, uh, you can come here and clean them. So, raise your hand if you're on the cleaning schedule. Yeah. Uh, you know what it's like. Who wants to clean, right? Nobody wants to clean the toilet. That's even disgusting. And you can say the word toilet when you're preaching. Nobody <laughs> wants to think about that. But you guys have agreed, I'm going to come here. Do you, do you know, you know, do you complain about that when you do that? Or do you seek out the other people on the cleaning schedule and say, hey, thanks for doing your part. We're in it together. We're in this thing together. And you say, thank you. You have an attitude of gratitude, and you let other people around here know, I appreciate what you do. You humble yourself. Romans, the Apostle Paul, he's got to say that. He's got to say Romans chapter 12, verse 3, he says, For by the grace given me, oh man, I'm with Wayne, I need that grace. Um, I'm here to know some of you, you need that grace. <laughs> We do, right? Yeah, I said it before, the problem with most of us is that we're like the rest of us, right? And Paul says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you are, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each 
So when you come, don't say, what can I get? Say, who can I appreciate and humble yourself and find ways to serve those around you? Don't you agree? Don't you agree with me? That's a good point. I mean, if, you're, if you really want to love, come to church. How to love, come to church. Come with an attitude of gratitude. Be grateful for the place. And then do this next one here. Uh, prepare all week to be here. Pre write that down. Prepare all week to be here on Sunday morning. Prepare two ways. Number one, prepare spiritually. Prepare spiritually to be here all week to be here on Sunday morning. Pray for the church. Every week. It's a bulletin. It's printed. There are prayer requests in the bulletin. Take that home. Pray for it throughout the week. Um, it's good to know that uh, there's people praying for you when you're not here. When you're not here, think about being here throughout uh, the week. I did something uh, this week that my body would, it will eventually appreciate. I haven't quite appreciated yet. I got back on the treadmill this week. Uh, we moved out of our house clear back in the, in the middle of April, and so we kind of had to pack everything and put it in storage and all that stuff. And we moved the treadmill finally back in the house. It's been sitting in the in the basement for several weeks, and I've tried to ignore it, but uh, I know that I needed to get back on it. And uh, so I finally got back on the treadmill. And uh, the folks in Earlham, uh, when I was preaching in Earlham all of those years, the folks did something that uh, probably they might be the only church ever done like this, but the church over in Earlham, they all sat in the same place every single week. You know, I mean, it's not like I could say that, you know, Don and I are sitting over there, and, you know, that the, 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 uh, the Curry's going to sit right over there, and, you know, there's no way I could ever think Kate Joe's going to sit right over there. I, I just couldn't even come up with it. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, maybe. Okay, so you get, so when I used to run on the treadmill in my basement when I was living before, I would take that time to run on the basement. I could pray for everybody in the church. You know how I could pray for everybody in the church? I just knew I'd start right over here. Our girls start. We sat right over there. And I could just go row by row, by row by row by row. When I was running on the treadmill, and I could be anywhere on the treadmill, you know, 20 to 45 minutes, and and, uh, and I would just pray, row by row, for everybody in church. And so, um, I guess what I attempted to do, I'm not sure of everybody's name, and you know, yet, but I'm, I could kind of plot out some things. And so when I was on the treadmill, I was praying, praying for you guys, for our church. And, I can think about you guys and see where you sit because you sit in the same place. So thanks, Al. So um, and, uh, and so I was able to do that. And so when I'm not here, I can be preparing to be here by praying for the people that I care about and want to know better. And I wish this COVID thing wasn't going on so that we could all go to a pool party or something like that. Right? And hey, because it's hot outside. No, I told you, uh, it's hot outside. But. Uh, we can pray for each other. We can pray for each other. Listen to this. Paul wrote this. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, since the day I figured out where y'all sit, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Think about this. Wouldn't you enjoy coming to church more if you knew that when you walked through the door on Sunday morning, everybody in the church had been praying for you during the week? When you walk in here, you gotta go, these guys are praying for me. They have been lifting me up before God 
No wonder I feel like I'm protected by the Holy Spirit. No wonder I feel like I've, I've conquered some battles against the enemy. This is my people, and we have come together, and they have lifted me up all week in prayer. And so you, you prepare all week to be here by praying for one another. And you do this. Prepare relationally. Prepare relationally. Prepare relationally. Come early. Make the people to her. Make the people to her. I think maybe it's so hot out there, it's kind of hard to think about this and do this, but wouldn't it be neat if uh, maybe after church and kind of social distance some people in the lobby and then there's some more people scattered out there underneath the carport there, but, but kind of nobody gets to leave until you talk to, you know, four or five other people in the church and maybe have a little punch card that you got to do. And then, you know, and, uh, and the fifth week you get a free talking to or something. I don't know. But, uh, but the, you prepare relationally relationally, relationally. Um, you walk around and you make sure that you're looking at people in their eyes and you're letting them know, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. You're very relational. Yeah. If you can think of a way to make this place more comfortable in a socially distant world, let us know or do it. Now let us know or do it because we need to figure out ways to have better relationships and communication with people in this crazy COVID world that we're living in, right? Prepare relational. Number three, write this one down. Make the investment. Make the investment. You don't know how to love kind of church? Make the investment. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 says, says, for where you where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. There your, your heart is also, right? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Now, some of you guys have uh, fun cars that you like to bring maybe to the uh, uh, to the car show, right? You cruise in, and uh, that, that's such kind of fun, you know? Uh, I have a motorcycle that uh, my dad uh, gave to me several years ago when uh, he got to be almost 80 years old and thought he better quit riding that thing. And so now I have it. That's kind of uh, fun. That's a treasure that I get to have. And uh, Karen and I bought a little uh, convertible roadster, and that's kind of fun to have. And so on occasion, I get to take that out there in the, uh, in the driveway and kind of scrub on that thing and shine it up. And I kind of invest in that thing. Seth, you guys all know Seth? Uh, Ryan and, and, uh, and uh, Laura Seth, uh, you guys know Seth? Have you met Seth? Yes. He, I just saw him at the track this morning. He's up there riding that four-wheeler around. He's working at the track. And, um, but uh, Seth has started the business. Did you know this, Seth? Raise your hand if you knew Seth started the business. And it's Seth's detailing service. Seth's detailing service. And so uh, you can take your vehicle to Seth, and he will shine it up. And so I asked him uh, today, I said, hey, you got any customers for your detail? So, oh, yeah, you know. And uh, he's, he's getting uh, four or five a week, you know. He says, goes to dad, he's got the four or five alignment there. And uh, he's getting these people to, and he's detailing your car. Now, I didn't ask him these questions, but uh, I should have brought him up here on the stage this morning. And, and I could have asked him these questions. You know what the answers would be. I'd say, so what do you do? What do you do? Well, I, I clean the car, you know. Uh, so what do you do when you clean the car? Well, you know, we armor all off the dash. And, you know, we vacuum up and we take the floor mats out, vacuum the floor all up. We, we wash the windows. You know, people pay you to do that. Yeah, they pay me to do that. And so there's different packages. You can do the interior only package. People pay you to clean the inside of the car. Yeah, they do. And then what about the exterior? Yeah, pay $100. You get the whole thing clean. You know, washed and buffed and waxed. And, you know, it's made brand new. People pay you to clean their car. Why would anybody in their right mind clean, you know, pay you to clean their car? Well, here's why they would do that. 
because they have a sense of pride and ownership. That's why. They would want other people to know that I have invested in my vehicle, and I respect my vehicle, and I look after my vehicle, and I take care of my vehicle, and that I'm going to treat it with disrepair. I'm going to pour money. I'm going to invest in it because I'm glad to have it and have part of my plan. Huh. People would invest in something because they Only Seth was here to tell us this. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and 7 says, Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly. No. Just wash the one tire and put a little bit of tire cleaner on that one, but don't do the other one. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. Some of you guys like to sew. Some of you like to do woodworking. Some of you uh, have a car or a motorcycle or you've got that hobby and you kind of look forward to investing into that hobby. Make sure Jesus is church family is just a hobby. Invest well into the kingdom of heaven. Then do this. Number four. How to love coming to church. How to love uh, coming to church. What have we said so far? Uh, have an attitude, gratitude, uh, prepare all week, make the investment. I'll write this one down. Number four. Expand your guest list. Expand your guest list for church. Expand your guest list. Invite someone to church. Here's what's going to happen when you invite someone to church. I promise that you're going to listen more intently to the sermon. You will. Because uh, if you're scared to death, they're going to ask you something about the sermon, and you're not going to know the answer. But you're going to be listening more intently. And, then, and so that's just going to happen. When you invite someone and they're sitting with you there at church, here's what else is going to happen. You're going to pray more. And pray more because you have went through the gut-wrenching process of having that conversation with them and you kind of stepped out in faith and out on the limb and you kind of have been thinking about how am I going to manipulate this conversation? How am I going to get this thing around to a place where I can just kind of slide this in? Have you ever thought about coming to church with me? I'd like you to come. You're going to pray more because you have done that. You're going to pray more because you've been, you're going to want to help more on the church. Uh, because the last thing you're going to want when you come, you know, we don't want garbage laying out there in the, in the parking lot. We don't want weeds popping up in the room. A good first impression. When people show up here, we want, well, you know what? Yeah, we take care of this place. We look after it. You're going to make that investment into this ground. Just remember this. Inviting people to church is not really an option. It's not really an option. It's a command. It's a command. We're supposed to have that crank of turning in our brain. There's somebody I could be inviting. Jesus said it this way, and you know these words. <clears throat> All authority in heaven and earth have been given to me, Jesus has said. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He says, uh, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am 
love coming to church. I want you to love finding other people and bring them to church. It's a COVID world that we live in. It's all kind of crazy and weird right now. But we won't know until we ask. I would encourage you to invite someone to church. So here's the thing, Lori, you want to come on out? We're going to sing a song. And uh, 